and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. I am your host, JD, and joining me, of course, is George. How are you, JD? Oh, excellent. You're on delay there. And Anna again. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we've got back a... in Adelaide. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was like the half hour time zone difference. What have we got going on? So uh, pretty packed agenda today. We're going to go through uh, when are we doing upgrades? Is it, you know, next week is kind of traditional or is it going to be later on in the year? Uh, the latest on Crips and Hinge, upgrade targets, uh, you know, both now and kind of in the next few weeks, uh, as well as then rookies and, and the usual stuff when it comes to vice captain, captain. But before we get into all of that, George, maybe a highlight from the weekend and your rank and score. Just quickly, this week, um, did you guys see the F1 on the weekend? <laughs> we're we're going to get to that I in a second. There, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, not no, that no, F1. no, 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 Not oh, that F1. No. Oh, the Supercoach like... F1, Isaac Heaney, JD. <laughs> oh, he's playing that. I don't watch oh. motorsport. Come on, you know that. I've fallen into the trap. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, jeez. He had Pretend to... we didn't had... see him post that two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually had yeah. forgotten because it was bad when I read it the first time. All right, yes. Uh, did I watch Heaney this weekend? Who did I actually didn't. Play? So I wish well, I did. Out. Uh, I, watched, I, wronged the, I watched the Two winning F1. goals. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so how did I go oh, this week? I did watch that actually. Yeah, I got really triggered because he was going to finish on like 80 and then I uh, got some luxury scaling in the end there. Yeah. I don't know how he got scaled so much for a junk time goal, but you know, I guess he needs to take what they get and they got given 50 points for free this week. <laughs> so sorry, George. Um, back to news <laughs> that'll make me happy. What What was your score and rank this week? Oh, what makes you happy? Yeah, well, I uh, am ranked 34K, so I went down from 32K, and I scored 2,179. So I thought I was having a good week up until cop the double hinge and uh, Crips on Sunday. I think a lot of people in the same boat, though. And uh, my trades for this week were... I did save one trade, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, <laughs> you but I did some, technically. Sure, you could have boosted this week. You I did that. Yeah, that's true. I went uh, Stevens to Bruce. I would have loved to know if Hayes was sub or not. So I didn't really want to risk that because I already had Dixon as the E. So I was like, do I risk Hayes sub? Not really. I don't really want my weekend ruined like that. So I brought in Bruce. He got suspended. But fortunately, I don't want to say fortunately, but it looks like Dixon and Hayes are a good chance to play this week. So um, a little bit lucky, but oh boy. Owning Bruce is, he's good, but he's, oh my goodness, something always goes wrong every game with him. So, And speaking of rucks that always go wrong, Eno, you must have had a massive week. Firstly, the F1, we got to hear a story or two from that. And then secondly, the big green man himself was returning to your lineup this week. How did he go? The F1, going to that, that was that was a blessing. Means I watched about two or three games this weekend and didn't, didn't get to see my team capitulate. Um, although I did see Stuart with the gastro on Friday and I guess that just pretty much kicked it off. So I was glad that I didn't have to watch too much footy on the weekend. Um, yeah, the big Shrek, mate, he got dominated by the Proust. He actually got like, he got not towed up. Like it was a good contest, but, um, yeah, no, he, he did really well. So getting the old 70 average from, from a 600 K player playing two games out of four. Yeah. I think you can guess that, um, my rank's not that good. So it, it was all right. It was like 12 K, but dropped so much down to 28 K with a, 2060 and i'm back uh 
making my way down to the bottom of, of us three, like where I was uh, all last year. So come hang with maybe me. Maybe I can stay ahead of George. No, no. I mean, with, with Stuart out and Darcy, obviously looking a little bit undercooked, coming back. Some few mitigating factors there that might correct. Look, themselves. I don't have Crips. If you're looking for a positive, I don't have Crips. So <laughs> yeah, yes, yep, Still that is uh, definitely a positive. Um, it's actually good that we've got a non-Crips owner here because it's maybe. Um, someone a little bit more objective to help go through the trade situations and what we should be thinking about. And then um, finally, I had a, a better week than you two. So 22.77 up to like, I think top 8K now, which like still not a great rank by our standards, but moving up slowly and steadily. So let's uh, trend- if Quickly, I asked you before, or around round one, who would be the best performer of the Holy Trinity? What would Wits have been paying? Oh yeah, I don't know. You couldn't have you couldn't have got me to pick wits. You couldn't have got me to pick wits. Um I think yeah, Took Miller would have been number one for sure. But yeah, Witsy I mean is the Witsy, he is 113.8 average. Oh wait, no, he's not. No, no, took took still 114.5 average. All right, he's yeah, but as far as picks. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, in terms of picks, I mean he's returned uh what's how much has he made so far? 70k or something? Not too bad, not too bad. And he's gotta end. be up there with the top top rocks. <laughs> He gets to play the very tough Jack Hayes in the ruck this week, most likely. <laughs> Given up 20 centimetres, but I think Wait. chuck the C on him. Uh, 17 hit outs to advantage. Oh, is, he playing, Tom is, he, is he playing St Kilda? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Witsy, let's go. Oh, all right, enough. Next. All right, all right. I mean, you're talking about the F1. Let me talk about the R1. All right. Um, <laughs> so first topic this week, uh, maybe, well, we're going to talk with trades, trades in and out. And I guess the big news coming out of the week was two injuries. So the first being to Cripps, who did some type of hamstring and Eno might hit us with an update on that. And then uh, Mitch Hinge as well, who got subbed off in the third quarter with some type of hip problem. Eno, you're going to be our doctor for this week. Have you got some um, updates from the Twitter rumor sphere? Oh, yeah. So we've got the old up at up the baggers. So uh, up the I, reckon baggers. This is, I reckon this is the club doctor anyway. But yeah, Patrick Scripps, Patrick Scripps, Patrick Cripps scans <laughs> revealed that he's escaped any serious damage to his hamstring and is most likely to play this week. I mean, there you go. You've heard it from from the best source possible. No, I mean, look, we take this with a grain of salt. Yes, it was a very minor hamstring. Like he was only bending down to pick the ball up and felt something and literally like he jogged off so it's probably just being pretty conservative with him um if it's a one to two weaker um you probably would look to hold because like their draws as you were saying last week looks really good i know know they lost on the weekend but Crips has been a big part of their first three wins probably best on ground in all of them so if it's like a one to two weaker jd is that a hold for you yeah i think i was going to draw the line at one week so one week or less i hold two or more I trade. Um, so I think this news is pretty positive for Crips owners because it looks like we may be able to just hold on to him. It, you know, I think there's probably still a risk that he gets set out this game and um, doesn't get up and they go precautionary. But then it looks like it... it I mean, if, if he's potentially back this week, then it would mean that he hasn't torn the hamstring. It's just an awareness and a precautionary thing. Yeah. Uh, which I think means, yeah, you'd, you'd hold him. George, is that what you're thinking? I know you're... Um, no. You're, your trade fingers have been getting pretty itchy. So how are you thinking about this? 
Well, what are boosts for? Times like this, one week injuries, nah. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard. That bloody boost button, oh, I like that boost button. Um, nice and green. I think one look traditionally, uh, one is a hold, two is a hold, three is a borderline. Um, even three weeks you can hold, but I guess we're early in the season, so it's not like it's delaying our upgrades. So there's points up for grabs by getting someone else, such as. I don't know, Tim English on the rise or something like that, side swapping, but uh, I will probably need to hold him. Um, I think it's a bit annoying because now we have to carry this durability risk that we didn't, you know, we just looked at his upside and said, I think he's too hard to pass up. Except for Eno, smartly passed on Crips, but um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a hold, it sounds like. We'll get more info from the club. So one is a hold. I think even two I might hold. Three I'll trade. So it sounds yeah. pretty good. And then the other um, option that people were looking to trade out this week just because of injury was Mitch Hinge. Has there been any update on that one, Eno? Yeah, well, you had the uh, tweet before. Um, I think it was just a hit pointer. So a little bit of a knock. And then, like, I don't understand the AFR rules too well. Like, they probably, it's probably not that bad. They just wanted to sub him off to get some fresh legs on the field. But um, yeah, that post game report, I believe, said he's, he's a, pretty much a chance to play this week so i mean even if he's out for a week say for instance and he's not playing i'm a big advocate of holding him um what he just drop an 80 and then a 90 before this 30 so he's a very viable field option for us um yes the 30 hurts it's probably gonna hold him back on cash gen for a bit but if he comes back and then pumps out some more 80s and 90s i think he's got like you know at least another 100k or so in him so for me that's a hold anyway what do you reckon george yeah, for sure, hold. It doesn't sound too serious. He's get playing halfback with kick-ins, and halfback is is his preferred role. Um, he was playing a bit of wing more early in the season, but more halfback now. So um, no reason to trade, just hold him. He's a good rook. Uh, so I found the exact quote here. Mitch was subbed out of the game at three-quarter time after suffering a cork tip, which was causing him discomfort and impacting his ability to perform. We'll assess him in the coming days regarding his availability for our next game. That, to me, sounds pretty promising. He could play this week, but at most this would be a one-week injury, which um, I think, to your point, makes him a hold. Looking at some of the other underperforming rookies that we have, especially in our midfield, I think I'd rather get rid of them and wait one game for Hinge to come back than uh, trade out Hinge this week. And I'm seeing a lot of nodding, which is a, a good sign. So yeah. Um, I know in my video this week, I went straight into, yeah, like let's play around with trading out both Hinge and Crips. But as the week progresses, it's looking more and more likely that holding both is going to be the correct play this week. Um, yeah, yeah. And just quickly, I think he was due for mid status like three weeks, but after the last couple of weeks, he's been full-time defense. So I don't think he'll get it, which is a little bit annoying, but um, the role behind the ball is what we want really anyway. But yeah, would have been handy with getting the mid-status for a bit of DPP, but I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, so then there are a couple of other players that people are thinking about um, trading out or trading in across each of the lines, and we might go through those now and kind of weigh in on are they players that you trade out or hold, and then um, maybe some of the potential replacements, uh, either for this week or, or for in coming weeks so as always we'll start down back with the defenders i think there's two underperforming premiums um i put in quotation marks uh ridley and whitfield they've kind of been the topic of discussion the last few weeks uh george if well firstly let's 
the cards on the table. Does anyone own Ridley and or Whitfield? Neither. Nope. Okay, so I've got I started both and I've just got Whitfield left. But George, let's start with you. If um you were sitting looking at a depressing backline with Ridley and Whitfield, um, who would you trade out if you were going to trade out one? And if you were going to trade out one, how how do you kind of think through that? Mm, interesting. I don't think either are top in their position. Ridley's a weird one. They share the kick-ins a lot, and he still needs like he had a few one or two really big intercept marks. And still didn't score super well. Um, I am not sure. I still worry about Whitfield. I think. I'm sorry, probably wait, hold... one, sec, one sec. Before you just go on that, we we watched this game, George Essendon versus Adelaide, the one where Essendon just beat Adelaide by a goal like... or two at the end in the close game. <laughs> yes, I was watching. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Of course you were. Of course you were. Sorry. So, um, yeah. So just you should remember then a couple of notes from this game. So uh, Ridley missed. I think five or 10 minutes at the end after a knock, right? So That's right, yes, a concussion. Yeah, so I think he got um, pulled off for protocols. He is fine and all good to go is the reports, but that probably didn't help him just because he missed out on some of the potential scoring as the ball was coming into Essendon's backline pretty fast at the end. Um, yeah, which I think like this, the score is slightly lower than what it could have been. It was, it was interesting because at halftime he was on 20, and then he recovered to a 74 with potentially more coming. Like he could have got to a mid 80s and that would have been a somewhat respectable score. So a little bit unfortunate, but I think your, your points are, are still valid, which is he's sure, uh, sharing more kick-ins than what we saw at the end of last year. He's still taken by far the most for Essendon, but they are getting shared around a bit. And for me, the big observation I've made is that Essendon just isn't playing chip kick to kick in the back line like some of their other teams do. So he's just not getting free possessions either from kick-ins or from the game plan. And that makes it really hard for him to stay consistent uh, and consistently score well just off intercept possessions. Well, I think at this point, you just hold both now. I don't think there's any point in trading after they've dropped in price. Um, really still averaging 90-odd. Whitfield had a really good last quarter. Before that, it was looking a little, little concerning, but... At the point, they've both dropped a bit in cash. Um, just hold both. Edo, anything else to add on that? Any observations on with? Although, I, I'm, oh, yeah, it's the one game you did watch, right? You got to watch Darcy. Yeah, yeah, I got to watch that shit show. But um, yeah, Whitfield, uh, man, he was he had like three or four knocks. I don't know. I was just I was with a couple of mates, and they still own him. And like, I was just like, oh, I'm so happy I got out of this pick and swapped him to Heaney in round two. But yeah, he put on a big second half, so he's bought another. You know, he's bought some time in your team. As George said, I just don't think there's any point in training these guys now. The only reason would be, for whatever reason, you don't have George Hewitt or Jaden Short. <laughs> if that's the case, then make that trade right away. But I think most people would by now. Yeah, so good transition there into some of the potential targets for uh, defender upgrades. Uh, so I think, yeah, if you are looking to secure up your defense and, and get someone in either through Crips, if he's out for longer than what we thought, you have the luxury of sidewaysing one of the two we've already mentioned or you're just looking at upgrading that position over the next couple of weeks. Who have you got your uh, eyes on in terms of good upgrade targets and how are you prioritizing scoring potential versus value? So down back, uh, this is tough. So I was looking at someone to get rid of Crips too and I'm still a little bit undecided. Now, obviously Crips, it's come out that he's, well, we'll see how it goes, but right now as it stands, I'm not going to trade him for now. Um, but, you know, in terms of upgrade targets, 
James Sicily is balling right now. And I know, JD, you're not a fan of Sicily. Um, why not? This has got, this has got George's bad trade written on it. Hell, he's, <laughs> he's playing good. Okay, I'm, he, I'm he's not, not a top six defender. He's, he's 470k not even a top and he's, he's like two or three points off top six right now. He's 470k. Like I, I, I don't think he's going to Forward work. for like five minutes in one game and that was pretty much it. He's getting a good share of kick-ins. He's scoring well with everybody in the team. Although they keep getting injured around him. But um, look, for 470k, if I'm looking for a someone at that price, I want to save money, I would take Sicily. So now, if you have a bit more money, okay, do you want to go on elaborate? Right. Like, so, like, yeah. So they they've played so far: North, Port, Carlton, St Kilda, and he's squeaked out a low 100 score. They're about to go into Geelong, Sydney, and Melbourne. They're going to get thumped those three games. They're not going to be competitive. Do you think he's going to score well in those? I games? don't think. No, they've played well this year. They had played bad against. They just um, got Saints. destroyed by Saints, like reamed. I don't, and then the other teams they've faced are like well, North and Port aren't good. North and Port well, aren't good. And then Carlton, they had a good showing against. More more kick-ins and more supply for Sicily. He's sharing kick-ins. He's not, it's not like he's and he's a... playing. he's playing on... Generally, he's playing on like the third tall or whoever rotates back there. Sometimes he plays tall. Sometimes he plays small. Sometimes hit the panic button and send him on the key defender. But regardless, he still hunts the foot. Like he still demands the footy down back. I think he's fine for 470k. Look, there is he top six? Probably not. Is he close? Yes, he is. And for the price, I think it's fine. Because when you're going up in price, you you know, who are you going to? Well, is, well firstly, is there anything else you want to say on Sicily or can we move on? No, 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 no. Well, well I guess like I just have an NO tiebreaker yeah. on where you sit on, <laughs> on the pick. Um, I lean more towards no than yes. Um like JD sort of said, if I'm training someone in, I want the scope or at least the belief that they will be close to top in their line, and I don't see that with him. Um, you don't think he'll be the, close? Cl- what's like close? Like six to ten? Like, what are you saying? Eight to ten? Yeah, close yeah, to one hundred five average. No, I think he's closer to like a hundred, a hundred, um, and he could even be ninety five. You know, he's so. My question or my point is more. Most of us probably have four defenders. Then we have Dacos coming next week. Then we have Hinge still as a very fieldable option. I don't want to force in another defender when that line can be set for a while and, you know, make upgrades elsewhere. That's more my point, but that's another story. Yeah. But, yeah. So that, just, yeah. just to bolster that, and I think it's an important one, is that there's three defenders that are all less than 10% owned that are, like, scoring pretty well in Doherty, um uh, Sinclair and Hall, right? So if I've got two defender spots left and I've already got, I don't know, underperformers like Crisp, Whitfield, I don't want to put in another underperformer. I want to make sure I'm only getting the best of the best the last two spots. And it's just, that's why I think the Sicily pick just feels really bad to me because I know I'm going to be locked out of players that are going to potentially be scoring 10 to 20 points more a week than him. Yes, but Doherty has durability issues. Sinclair did a hamstring late last year and Hall did a hamstring a few weeks ago. And mm. Sicily's Sicily coming has, off a... He... 18 months. <laughs> 18 months. So Mate, ham- hamstrings from 2014 scare you, but an ACL from two years ago doesn't. <laughs> well, no. 
anyway. <laughs> um, I think if you started Sicily, well done. There's been a good value pick so far through a month. I don't think he's a guy I want to bring in now. Okay, very well. I just realized he destroys my buy round, so I actually can't get him. <laughs> I do like him. <laughs> because, oh, <laughs> just quickly on Sicily, I have Crispin Hall. You look at the midfield, Brayshaw, Petrarca, Oliver, already have Neil. Like, I want to get most of these guys in my team. So it just makes life very difficult. Plus Grundy, if you have Gorn, Brody, peacekeeper. Is that the round, is it? Yeah, it's he's the last got the last round. It's, it's very bad. So, honest, yeah. It's not the worst buy round to load up on. And I guess, like, the positive for Sicily is that you could potentially sideways him at that buy round with a boost or whatever and get in a guy that's scoring more. Yeah, I, I don't want to... I don't want to be... Using trades on that, although um, you, you can't say that. <laughs> well, no, he likes a buy flip. I, I think I think that's fair, but if you uh, there are definitely some teams that are that are running around that have only used one or two trades so far, and so I think that's like a realistic option for them. Yeah, fair enough. That's good uh, for me. Like I think I feel like Dacos is going to be flipped in that round fourteen by most likely, mm. and then yeah. see see how we go. Fair enough. But yeah, that's okay, exactly sorry, my sorry. thing. With four primos and those two guys that are fieldable, I just like I think we leave that line this line for a bit. But all right, then let's transition into some of the other targets down defense that maybe aren't as value oriented, but are looking in those top spots. So you've kind of mentioned Shorty and Hewitt as two ones that you kind of must have. Who are the others that you want to put beside them if you're looking at upgrade targets in defense? Jake Lloyd's um, going to be 500k in a two or three weeks. Not sure he's top six though, um, but he is a better buy than Sicily, and he clearly has a scope to be 105. Uh, I think on the weekend, apparently he had a kid. I think which probably didn't help his sleep, and <laughs> North only kick North kick three behinds, so doesn't really help when that happens. So I don't mind him. Uh, who are you thinking? You know. Well, probably a guy I have, which is Stewart, who I think, you know, he's meant to play this week and he would have dropped another 20K or so with another ton. So he's getting affordable. And then I think the last guy would be Aaron Hall. He's getting really cheap now after a 70 and a 95 or whatever. So he'll be low 500s as well. It's just, yeah, do you want to get onto a North, another North player? I mean, they looked improved this week, but. Still got the injury concerns with him and, and um, that sort of thing. So they're the guys um, that I'll be looking at. I think we need to speak about Sinclair and, and Doherty. So they're currently top six. Um, I think Doherty's number one, isn't he, for defense? Yeah. And he's barely getting kick-ins as well, which is weird. So, yeah, they play pretty friendly style. They're... Williams is averaging 95, Sard's averaging 100 plus, Doherty 125. Um, I don't know. I already paid 570 for Hall. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can afford to pay 570 for Doherty at this stage. Plus, he's um, is you know two ACLs. Uh, God forbid the cancer recurrence. Cancer recurrence had a good preseason. It sounds like um, not a full one, but um, slowly built into training earlier in the year. You had uh, calf issues a while back, I think, in the COVID year. So I feel like he's a bit too much risk associated with him, but without a doubt, I, he looks like he's D1 at the moment. 
What do you reckon, Jetty? Are you looking at Doherty later down the line? Yeah, for me, I just think the hard thing is exactly what you pointed out, which is he's already top price now. So, well, like he could, he'll obviously keep going up with the scores that he's put up. But I just like, I can't, it's really hard to justify paying 600K for a defender. We haven't seen someone average 125 ever or in a long time. I mean, Hall kind of at his peak got close to it last year. So it just, Lloyd it just doesn't. COVID year. Yeah. So like, it just and- doesn't really. It just doesn't really seem like it's sustainable. Uh, and that's what worries me. I know Hall has got similar scoring potential, but is going to be 70, 80K cheaper. And they both have durability issues. So maybe if Hall starts to look all right, that's where I would probably prefer to go. Um, but I do think you have to pay, well, yeah, more respect to Doherty than what we have so far. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I think the same can be said with Sinclair. He has obviously he's a lot younger, but looking really good. Like he's been. He's awesome twenty-seven. I think they're the same. Doggy's twenty-eight. Doggy's only twenty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> Sinclair's twenty-seven. Okay, Sinclair is way older than he looks. But anyway, um, yes. <laughs> like same. Yeah, respect for them. But I'm gonna beat the dead horse again and say let's leave the line and just let it settle out again and see if these guys are actually primos in another few weeks. Um, and yeah, like JD said, Doherty's top dollar. Sinclair, yeah, he's five thirty k, but somewhat unproven. So, what's this? If he's twenty seven, what's this? The ninth year breakout? I'll just wait and see on that one for me. So, yeah, just want to leave the defense for now. We're going to get Dacos there next week. It's going to be nice and secure. Probably get O'Driscoll in, like we all will speak about that later. And then I'm worrying about other lines. All right, so then maybe then I think most of us are saying like if you've already got four premium defenders, you're probably not looking to upgrade there. But if you had to pick one or you only started three for whatever reason, who would who would you one two three be for upgrade priority? Doherty. Uh, say Lloyd at five hundred, and then the way Sinclair is going, I'd probably say him. I think I'd go Hall number one because he's pretty cheap. No, we know what he can do. Um, yeah, there's concerns with him, of course. Maybe I guess Doherty number two just because he's looking really good, like he's premium self from a, a few years ago. And uh, I just I can't put my hat on Sinclair yet. So maybe I'd even say Sicily just with the value that you get from him. I really don't like Lloyd, man. I don't know why. He just unless he gets ten kick-ins, he's not yeah, getting I know what you mean. that much ball anymore. You know, like what. My thinking is it's I see durability issues everywhere. Yeah. And I see Lloyd and I say 500K and I say I feel like I'm paying a fair price for I'm going to get the total points. I think, you know, like I'm not like say I don't like Sissy. I think he's close to what Lloyd will average and he's yeah. cheaper. So I think I'd say Sicily. I'd so, be getting, if Sicily had a better buy, I'd be grabbing him. Uh, yeah. Well, so for me, yeah. Yeah. Assuming that Short and Hewitt have already been acquired, then I think I would go. Uh, Hall probably next week as well because I think he'll lose some more money against the Dogs. Then I'd have Sinclair just because he's cheap and then Doherty um, just because, yeah, the the full price, I'm a little bit worried about the regression potentially coming with him. Fair enough. Um, all right. So next up on the run sheet, we've got Rux keeping things a little bit interesting, not going into the midfielders next. Um <laughs> 
I can I can see two names here, which I think are the two that a lot of people want to talk about. So, firstly, gone. Well done to anyone that held him. A big one sixty um, on the week, which is yeah, reward for holders. Um, but yeah, is is this someone that is now uh, gone from an option that we're looking to trading out to someone that we should be looking to trade in now? No. Well, I posted this in the Discord, and you guys said sent copium stuff at me, but the way the game worked at this game was Gorn, Port were chipping it around and letting Gorn get behind the ball. And they had, you know, Lysette was injured, was working against Marshall. He could just take intercepts behind the ball, contested marks because they had no height. And then because they were moving it slow and kicking it high, they were forcing stoppages. So more, you know, I think Gorn and Jackson went like 290 points combined. So um, with Gorn, the plan was, well, the thinking behind trading him was freeing up money for players like bloody Crips and thinking that his ruck time is going to be up and down with Jackson, depending on the matchup. Um, so we figured, I don't think he's worth a 650. Well, probably was, but I think I've committed to the plan, which was to get him back cheaper at some point. And hopefully that is the case, but he looked really good on the weekend, but it was literally the biggest dream matchup he could possibly imagine. So I'll think we'll still be able to get him in the 500s later on and is what it is. Yeah, I think uh, speaking of dream matchups, they've got GWS this week without Bruce, right? So uh, I think the worrying thing, so I, I think Gorn is still going to show fluctuations because of the Jackson factor. So we might get a couple of down games where we get him cheaper. The problem is it's just not going to come anytime soon with the 160 on the weekend and then, yeah, the Proustless GWS team this weekend. I can kind of see him going pretty big again. And that worries me because it's like if he's got two big scores and his price goes up and he's rolling average, when are we going to get him cheaper? To me, it doesn't feel like it's going to be potentially until the buys. Well, it depends who you have, right? If you have English, you can hold that posse down. You can leave it with wits for now. You can even go Hayes and Dixon for a couple of weeks, it seems. Um, Cherry we get next week. So you can still, I guess you can just, you know, play it by ear and just let others hold it down until you hope it does happen. Not, you know, we're only just hoping, aren't we, that another pretty low score comes so he can come down a bit more. But who knows, he might just hold around 600K the whole year. And then the other ruck option that was mentioned uh, a few times there is Proust, the man of the hour, for all the right and wrong reasons. So back-to-back 100s from Proust has looked very good while on field. But the problem is that um, two out of the four games of the season so far, he's going to be suspended for after copping a one week for elbowing Monday. He's obviously not playing next week and therefore not a priority. But when he comes back the week after, is he someone that you have to trade into your sides? I think he's one where his upside outweighs the risk, whether you have him at R2 or R3. Just needs to play a few games and piss in 150K to make. So I would... uh, I think it's worth the risk with him because he looked really good and can score really well. But again, it's like... It might be play two weeks, miss one for doing something stupid or needs a rest or whatever. But I think over time... Just needs to play like three or four games and you'll make 150k plus with upside for more and the option of fielding him if you're in that position. So I would say yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's he's break evens negative ninety one, and with a projected score of seventy nine, he'd make seventy five k on the first price rise. So seems like someone we're going to have to bookmark to bring in next week, kind of no matter what. Which is interesting because you obviously can't downgrade him and make a lot of money. Um, so it's either one that people might have to consider going early on this week or planning to boost for next. Uh, yeah. All right. So moving on to the mids then, uh, targets to upgrade to. There's a, there's a lot, I guess, of names here and people have been weighing through these uh, with Crips, you know, potentially being one that they're looking to trade out or maybe even uh, someone like a Raoul in coming weeks. Um and who's caught your eye and who do you think people should be looking to upgrade to? Um, I'll go over people I actually watched this weekend. So, I mean, the two Demon Boys are big ones. Both started very well, tracked a couple of big scores early, but now two sub-tums, I think it is, from track. And then Clary, very good until the 60 on the weekend, which not getting tagged was just just a very down game from Clary, pretty uncharacteristic. I think he only had like seven or eight contested possessions. Just, I mean, they totally dominated in the air and probably had control of that game where he wasn't totally required that much. But yeah, track did get the tag at 10 clangers or something. So both those boys will be coming down. They get GWS this week. Who gets tagged? I don't know. Obviously, they've had success, a lot of success with Clary tagging him in the past, but Seems to be teams are switching over to track now um, after he's been named the number one player in the game. Uh, <laughs> Super Wog. So wait and see on both. It's a wait and see. Um, like if Clary does a, uh, drops another poor one, he could absolutely plummet to like low 500s, which is crazy to think. So it is, yeah, just a wait and see on those two. That'd, that'd be my two looking to come in because I think their draw coming up is is crazy good. Like it's a lot of, you know, after the Port, who we probably thought were going to be a hard matchup at the start of the year. But, yeah, it just opens right up. So um, I'd be looking to get one, if not both, um, in in the you know next month or so. So those two are way at the top of my list. Uh, so their break-evens, I think, are 162 for Oliver and 168 for Petrarca. And with the tag that they're potentially facing this week, uh, would you actually recommend anyone trade them in this week or is they just kind of a, a watch list for the next couple of weeks? What You're kind like, of stupid thanks. question is that? <laughs> Don't bring him in this week. Uh, no. Look, I know the answer to the question, George. I mean, what do they say? Like, never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Um, but, but some people might need to hear that That maybe you should wait a week on these guys and just wait for their price to do Okay, so um, we'll swap over to George then. Um, uh, there's a few other names that I've seen thrown about a fair bit. Um, so let's break these down. So uh, starting with Jack Steele, is this someone that you should be trading in this week? Yeah, if you want. He's been he's been good the past few weeks, I think, the past two weeks. I think on the weekend, he disposal was a little bit off. So can happen. I think his like, dream team was like 130. So... Sorry, fantasy was one thirty. So he's one you could look at six thirty k. I think that's a pretty decent price. He's one that could get to seven hundred. I'm still not sure he'll reach the heights of next year, of uh, last year rather. So I think it's one you can wait on if you wish. I honestly think you should wait. I would be waiting a week for Clary or two weeks rather for Clary, or if you don't have Tuke Miller who has one eighty eight break even, that is about as free as it gets. Uh, yeah, don't have Tuke. He's your guy. I'm pretty sure. So. Um, for me, it's probably Clary first because of price. And then um, I already have Tuke. 
Steel, if at some point I'll try and get Steel before the buy, maybe after his buy. So yeah, um, it's getting to that point where I think it's round 12 this year. So I guess you yeah, have to wait to round 13. Buy. So yeah, perfect upgrade target after that. So yeah, maybe I I'll guess- wait for that. And hopefully he doesn't go to 700 like last year. So I just monitor his form. One other thing to note is that after Gold Coast this week, they then play GWS the next week. And I can't see a tag target outside of Steel in that midfield. I guess maybe Gresham's been pretty damaging and pretty important for them. I guess like the other thing is Steel seems harder to tag than some of these others just because the other stuff that he does um, that isn't necessarily win the ball. But um, yeah, one one to keep in mind for him. Uh, So... Uh, Brayshaw is one whose name has been popping up after having, what was it, like a 190 in round two this year and, and starting really strong. Is he someone that's in your considerations at the moment? Um, I love, I mean, I love Bray. Had him last year after a couple of tags. But it just seems that he's just going to cop a lot of them this year. He seems an easy target. Um, he worked, he's worked through them okay the last two weeks. You know, I mean, what last week it was Jackson Nelson. That's not the difficult, that's not the hardest bloke to get through, but Lockie Ash did a good job. Time. Yeah, exactly. The game was over, so that obviously helped. Um, and then Lockie Ash, he worked through pretty well as well. Um, but again, maybe the game was over and he sort of junked it a bit late. So they're going to come, which is it just scares you off a little bit, but um. He's showing that he's he can start to work through him better than he did last year. So, yeah, I like Bray. If he's at a really affordable price, you know, mid five hundreds at some point this year, I'll I'll um pick him up. Okay, and then a couple of options that are already cheaper would be Callum Mills at roughly five eighty and and Darcy Parish around the same. Would you consider either of these as trading options if maybe someone's looking to move on Crips but can't afford these bigger names that we've discussed? George is shaking his head. Not not Callum. He had another Achilles issue, I think, on the weekend. Well, they're looking at it, some lower leg issue. Don't touch injured players. Uh, Parrish, maybe. I don't trust Parrish, unfortunately, just because he had that slight down form. And I don't know if he gets attention or not with Merritt out in the next, I don't know, six weeks or so. I don't really want to sit through him. Look, he looks good. I think he'll be fine. But I think the other, a bit more dependable options elsewhere. Uh, Agreed. Okay, cool. And then um, one that people had a lot of success trading to last year was Bontem Pelly when Dunkley went down around yep. the same time. Uh, so he's 614K. Um, I was actually surprised to see that he's averaging 113.5 for the year after 136 on the weekend. He's been sneaky good. I think he's tunned up in every game so far with like, you know, 105s, 108s. Not, not something I was expecting. Uh, Dog's run is a bit of a joke coming up. North, Adelaide, Essendon, the next three, then Port, Collingwood, Gold Coast, West Coast. Like, that's a pretty dream run up until the buys. Is Bontempelli potentially a winning play for a second year in a row? It scares me. I think it could be. <laughs> and after the pain of last year. Um, well, that's a thing. Like I was surprised too. Where he's got scraped three tons the first three rounds, and you've barely heard his name. Like, I guess the dogs have been a little bit underwhelming, but he just finds a way. Rarely puts in a stinker. If he's getting tagged, he'll go forward and you know create contests, do some do some good things. So it's an affordable price because I think he's probably spent half the year last year at seven hundred. So yeah, it's he's probably up. If like if it had to be this week. 
Demons guys you're not looking at. I think Bont's the one, if it had to be this week. What do you think, George? Nah, not for now. I think I'll wait for the Demon Boys. All right. I just so, feel like the role might not be perfect all the time. I think it's good, but like they're, Baz is scoring insanely well. Um, Trelaw's been okay. Dunk's scoring well. McRae is McRae. just a pig in there. So uh, I don't know. Like I think he can definitely go like 120, but um, I think he won't go too out of control with the full Bulldog squad all, all playing together. So one to look so, at after. Yeah, you stole my transition there into the one potential value option in the midfield that we could talk about. And it's one of your dog boys again, um, George in Bazlanka Bailey Smith. So 500K, which is actually means you make money trading Crips to him if you were to go down that path. Averaging more than Bont, 113.7 through the first three games. And the big difference between last year and this year is that he's getting a lot of CBAs now. In fact, seems to be have worked his way into their preferred rotation with him getting 64% of CBAs last week. Is this a pick that you could get interested in given the price and the fixture for the dogs? Yeah, it's interesting. He's playing really well. I think his run and carry is pretty sick to watch. Uh, I just don't know if he holds the role or not. Like what they could easily just play him half forward for a few weeks out of necessity. I don't know. I think they'll keep cold his role, but I'm not sure. So pass for now. You know, any uh, nibbles? I was going to save the Baz talk for at the end because he's sitting at. Thanks to the, we'll mention him later, but 33% forward time apparently. Like he's right on the brink. Um, but I think it might have been more like your 40s, 50s, and then the last. Week or you know a couple of weeks playing a lot more mid has brought it down. So unless we see a shift back to more forward, he might just miss out. But if he got that, that was an absolute lock. As a mid, I don't like it as much. Just like George said, you never know with the role with Bevo if it can flip and change, and then you're sort of stuck with a mid that isn't top eight and you're having a bailout of. So that scares me too much. JD, who, who are your mid targets? Oh, who are my mid-targets? Yeah, it's a good... So I'm I'm hoping to hold Crips this week. So assuming I get to do that, um, then, you know, because like if I was trading him this week and I had the I was money, say, I think can we steal... talk to this week if it had to absolutely yeah. be? Who is it? And then in the future. Yeah, so if it's this week, I think it's Steel or Bond would probably the two that I'd consider the most heavily if I had money to do it and I was set on a midfielder. In the coming weeks, I think Oliver is just durable he's going to be ridiculously cheap for what he can put out um and then yeah Petraka is probably going to be right behind him just because he has the upside and he's going to be even cheaper so I think I might see myself loading up on the D's boys kind of back to back but that's a caveat with I already have um Took and McRae if if you didn't have McRae then like bringing him in this week would make sense as well although he's still quite expensive um otherwise if you didn't have Took then like that's someone that you could look at, at a couple of weeks time as well uh, so yeah, I think for me, like all the options we've mentioned are really good. It's probably just where I can extract the most value out of. And that looks like Oliver and Petrarca at the moment. Uh, George, would you have something different? No, I think it's still, if you want one this week, if you can afford it, otherwise wait for Oliver. Yeah, all right. Well, I generated much less discussion than uh, what I expected. Vigorous <laughs> I mean, agreement. For the record, I, I would be bond. If it was this week, it'd be bond for me. Just... 
There's something about having Bont in your side that just makes you excited to watch footy. Yeah, maybe it's because I earned him two years ago when he was okay, but not as good, and then didn't own him last year when he just absolutely just reamed me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it's also one of those weeks with them playing North where you could totally see, like, you bring him in, you put the captain on him, he goes 180. Did he score 70 last year against North when they won by 100 points? (laughs) Yeah, that that, that might be the case, actually. (laughs) Um, weird. All right, and then, I think he scored 200 on Crom. No yeah, that's pre-season though. Yeah. Two years ago, George, we had him 199. Didn't get the yeah. 200. Oh, that's Come right. on, champion. Scout him down. Come yeah. on. And then anyway. to close out, one of the lines that has continued to be interesting this year, the forwards. Um, so there's a couple of options that have been really surprising. Um, so, and I think somewhat similar story in both. So Cogs and Butters both started like bulls out of the gate, some really good scores over the first couple of weeks. And then Butters in the last two weeks, we've seen some pretty average scores. And in Cogs, it's really just the week we've just gone. He had a, had a 64 and really no midfield time. Are these players that we need to be concerned about? Um, and like, let's maybe break this up for a little bit. So Butters, we picked as a, as a keeper. Is he still going to be a keeper or should you be looking to trade him? And then for Cogs, he looked like someone that was going to make us a lot of money and potentially be a keeper. Is he going to be a keeper or is this someone that you should be planning to trade out in a few weeks when he maybe maxes out? Enno, uh, why don't you start us off? <laughs> but Butters, I, yeah, look, it's annoying. Really two poor scores in a row. But, you know, cop that knock. Um, Wines, obviously, there's issues with him and he'll be out of the team for, you'd think, a little bit. So Butters, yeah, look, the game was over. He, he got some mid-time at the end of the game. You're not going to get a lot of super coach points when the game's pretty much dead for that. But that, you know, you'd think Ken would, would put it, be putting him more in there in the coming weeks. So we get, you know, get a look at that. He did two, you know, two great performances in the, the start of the season. So there's no reason why he can't get back to that. I think he's just, you know, carrying something a little bit from that knock or Port try to change their game plan. Something like, you know, I think he's going to head back into the midfield. Cogs is the other, is more interesting where I just, you just got to expect that from Cogs, a, a poor game like that. It, they're, they're not always too far away with him. Um, just an off day with his disposal, which, which, yeah, as I said, is not not too surprising. So, I still think he has the ability to be a keeper, but someone will have to just assess around the buyers as to where he's at. And yeah, next week with the DPPs, who who's coming in and and does that? You know, move the move Cogs down a few rungs to where he's probably not. That that's probably where where I sit with it. So, um, butters with you, George. What what do you think with him? Uh, when a premium scores a 50 and you give me a microphone, it can be a little dangerous because I get overreactive. <laughs> what about so, if I give you a trade button? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Watch out. Okay. Um, there is cause for concern here. Not trading. No. However, his contested possessions in the first two games were 13 and 10. The last two games were 2 and 5. That is not what we expect from... Zach Butters, and he probably got a few of those contested in the last game in junk time. For me, he's just failing the eye test miserably the past two weeks, but it's easy to forget how good he was in the preseason and how good he was in the first two weeks. So um, Wines probably is out for not sure how long. Um, sounds like he's doing okay, so probably come back soon. So you think he gets more mid-time? I think it's more he's skirting packs a lot instead of doing in and under stuff, which would explain his 
contested possession count. So he's being less kamikaze and more more like your receiver than your distributor, if that makes sense. So uh, at the stoppage. So one to monitor, like at his price, um, it's like you don't can't really trade him. But uh, just one to monitor now because he's never been a premium for a full season. Is it is the knock from Sao Paulo, Sam Paulo Pepper affecting him? Who knows? So just keep an eye on for now. I don't think he'll drop too much if he puts another bad score. So yeah, monitor, but a little concerning. Um, yeah, just strange. Not sure why he's playing the way he is. Not like he was in the first few games. So give him another go. And then on Cogs, uh, who cares? He's everyone has him. Just assess in a few weeks at the buys or whatever. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. It's just Cogs is Cogs. That's just the Cogs game. Yeah, they they, cap, they happen. Eight I think it's is... more our favorite coach or JD's favorite coach, Leon Cameron. <laughs> oh, bro, don't get me started. Um, yeah. So what? Well, CBA is ma- massively down this week. Yes, they've been down the last two weeks. So let's go through CBAs on both. So Cogs was 59-55 week one and two. And then week three, I think, was when they brought in the tagging combo. And Cogs That's looks to be the one that made way for it. So 12% CBAs in the third, 21% CBAs in the fourth. And he's really the only one that's lost out. Um, no, so like Kelly, totally Green, yeah. Taranto, all all maybe have gone down a touch, but basically held at the same level. Tanner Bruin, who they they want to get through there and has looked good, like he's maintained as well. It's really just been Cogs that has dropped off massively and I think must be playing um, yeah, either more forward or wing time as a result. And then uh, for and, – and so I think we'll continue to see this as long as they continue to tag. It just seems yeah. like that's the one that – that's been dropped out. And then Butters is really interesting because he also was 58, 59, so around like 60% the first two weeks, and then copped the knock in round three and was down to 35%, and then in round four, 44%. I think they need him in the midfield, though. So I would liken this a little bit to what I was thinking with Gresham, with like, just like I thought that Saints were going to have to give him more CBAs because their midfield just looks so much better with that dynamic kind of X-factor player in the mix. And if you look at the rest of Port's rotation at the moment, Boak, Drew, Wines, they are almost the same player to me. Boak was obviously a bit different in his prime, but he slowed down a fair bit. And Butters is just the one that adds something different, adds some dynamic movement, some X-factor. And when he was back in there in the fourth and the last game, he just looked better than any Port mid had for the whole game. So I'm hoping that they would just, he was just getting over that knock and we'll see him getting more CBAs and potentially more contested in the next couple of weeks. But if that doesn't eventuate, eventuate, then I think that's where we are at that. Oh, wow. This is maybe is a failed pick that we're going to need to sideways at some point. Yeah. Respect to Bokey, by the way. Just the man is the best. For oh, first month super coach player of all time, I think <laughs> he is. I mean, how old is he? Now one thirty the first month every year. It's yeah, crazy. He, he's uh thirty four this year, I think. So I mean, yeah, he's he's doing yeah doing but good yeah, things. Butters definitely offers way much different things to the guys that are in there. So they got to do something, Port. If you think that would be one of the things they could do. <laughs> Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, has not been a good start for them by any measure. I'm sure they they didn't see themselves being bottom ladder in zero four. Um, in, what a shame! Start the year, yeah. <laughs> George, oh, really George. That. <laughs> he's devastated. If you if you're not watching on YouTube, I mean, there's basically tears coming out of the man's eyes. He's heartbroken. Um, all right. So then, um, targets in the forward line. They're 
it's it's really interesting because we started off with a lot of these picks that presented a lot of value, and now uh, four weeks in, they've gone up a fair bit in cash. And George is smiling because there's a lot of his favorite men on this list. But um, who would you be looking to target? And let's start off by assuming that everyone has uh, Dunkley and Butters. Not that Butters would be on the upgrade target list, but Dunkley probably isn't someone that we need to talk about. Um, so some of the others listed down here would be George's um, proclaimed F1 Heaney. Uh, we've got English, who's looked very good as the number one rock. Web, website, then, don't lie. I and then uh, nothing. And then, well, you did proclaim it. It may be truthful in nature, but... Uh, and then you, you're the Heaney Town crier. Um, and then uh, finally is a man that was on the avoid list at the start of the year in Timmy Taranto, uh, but has put together a really good string of games. So... Probably um, trying Dugowie as well. Well, Dugowie, yeah, I mean hasn't played this week but sure let's throw in to go as well so um let's let's probably go through the the same thing again if you're looking to upgrade some to someone now of these who would it be uh and then if you're looking to upgrade maybe in a couple of weeks time or a few weeks time how would you kind of have them listed although that i think it may be the same but yeah let's uh george why don't we start with you for this one forwards your wheelhouse so i think you want all three in your final team um Depending on how Will Brody goes, I'm not sure we can fit all of them. So I would definitely want Tim English. He'll be first. Mostly, look, the DPP is quite nice with him. He's going up in price every week. His role's really good. Is it going to be maintained? For the most part, I think it will be this year. And when they use Steph in the preseason, they use him more forward, which probably didn't really work. So... Again, are Western Bulldogs in a forward injury away from using English forward? I think it's always a possibility, but I think he's playing. There's a decent chance he's the All-Australian ruck at the moment. Like, why would you take him out? I guess if there's a possible injury, but still, I think I think they want him in, as the number one ruck. They're backing him in. That's what their plan was in the preseason. So I would go him first. He's still pretty cheap. Um so do you go Heaney or Taranto next or Dugowie? I have Dugowie fourth. I just think the uh, play styles are different and the marks are down with him than from what they were last year. The cheap game, cheap chip games, game style they were playing with under Buckley and Harvey. Um, I would say Isaac over Taranto. Um, I think they both average similar for the rest of the year though. Obviously, Heaney's slightly overperforming, um, just being a match winner. Slightly, slightly, please. Well, you don't think he deserves his 125 average? <laughs> I don't think that persists. No, no. If no. you thought that persists, he'd be a must-have this week. Do any anything, even if Cripps played, you'd probably swap his fantasy scores like 110 average, something like that, around that mark. So it's still pretty good. So, um, yeah, he's playing. I'd probably go Isaac over Taranto. Um, Taranto's still a massive butcher, but he's scoring well, 110 average. There were parts of last year where he had 110 averages, plus he has a coach called Leon Cameron who threw him like pure forward for like a month last year and he averaged, I think he dropped like a 50 and a 70 in that range. Isaac's fully fit. The number one player in the league, might I add, according to the AFL player ratings. Thanks for putting that out to me this week, Eno. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'd go English first and Isaac then Toronto. I think you can't really go wrong with either of the three. And then fourth to Goey. 
Eno, uh, anything different or have you got, got them lined up the same? I actually think I've got them lined up the exact same. Um, but, uh, yeah, just to make some somewhat of a discussion, uh, maybe you could argue English, like, number one, um, just because of the ruck cover and um, depends, too, if you've got at R2, of course. So that could provide the positive there. But, yeah, I think Heaney, for me, would still be would still be number one if I had to choose and didn't have him. Um yeah, been a fan of that man for so long. So, so oh, you could just when Crips went down, not that I'm celebrating that, but when that went, like, just thank God I went Heaney over him because I just couldn't, like, that would just have compounded on that decision. Me just going, why the hell did I get Isaac? Drops a 130, and then that happened. So, yeah, I'm thankful that uh, I've always, lo- I just always love watching him play, like, since he came into the league pretty much. So, um, yeah, I'm sure George is loving looking at the 125 average, the 40% ownership. Like, it's like a dream. <laughs> I would hate to look at my rank if Isaac wasn't playing the way he did. <laughs> but you take, you take it and run. Um, yeah. JD probably best to answer this anyway because he only really has Dunkley. So yep. since you don't have Isaac and English and Torano, what would you rank him? Yeah, I mean, English and Heaney have been killing me, especially Heaney. So, yeah, 40% owned, 125 average and not my team. Probably that's that, high. That yeah. 40%. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the game. Brody's and maybe it's higher. 40%. Brody's yeah. 40% and like 100 average as well. So, like, these two not in my <laughs> forward line are like, oh, it's it hurts, huge. man. Um, so, for oh me, for me, I was looking at English uh, probably most heavily this week. Um yeah, like the DPP is nice, but the role I think is probably the best of the lot and uh, probably just the one I believe in the most, um, especially with Heaney still playing probably more forward time than I would ideally like to see with him. I know he moves up and George will like go to town on me if I say he's like playing 35% <laughs> mid, 65% forward, which is what the CBA splits are, but aren't necessarily representative of where he's around the ground. But yeah, still like the splits is just like something... Oh, yes, I know. 36% mid-time on the DPP. He's going to get the DPP status, by the way, mate. Oh, Stop excellent. saying he's not playing mid. He's up around the ball. He is. He is. I, didn't I say 35-65? What, I was yeah, off yeah, but you said from CBAs. It's actually like around the ground too, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, I actually thought it was more than that around the ground. That's that's even less. It's That's more worrying, yeah. if anything. Yeah, I guess. Because um, it's just like you're, you're going to see you're going to see inconsistent scoring, but the fact he's been able to kick goals and especially in clutch moments is, is really Buddy's out as well for three weeks, I think. So. Yeah, they'll just bring Logan in straight in. I know they, they do, but they still like – Heaney's still – like if they're not scoring goals, they're going, okay, Isaac, we need you there. Like exactly. Logan hasn't shown a heap at AFL level. I know he's, he's not direct, direct replacement, he's not but yes, he's not Buddy. <laughs> yeah. And he won't get like, you know, double team like Buddy, so – yeah. yeah, and like the really interesting thing as well is Swan's game plan does change when there's no buddy because when there's buddy, the literally the game plan is kick it to buddy. That's it. Like yeah. he's so heavily targeted. So it does change when he's not on the side, even if they do replace him. I'm not saying they'll like replace like no. Heaney in buddy spot, but yeah. So anyway, it'd still be English one. Heaney yeah. two, just because he's better value than Taranto and then Taranto than Tagoe. But yeah, I think the only nice thing about Tagoe is that he has got the midfield role and he's 470k. So if you were looking for a cheap option for whatever reason this week, then like the I don't think it's a terrible pick if you couldn't get to the others. Yep. Uh, and then all right, so let's go on to rookies then, which are going to be make or break for our teams. George, you want to go back to Fords, don't you? I said oh, I was just going to say about the goalie, and you're like, <laughs> what? No, 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 no. <laughs> the goalie's okay. I don't think he's ahead of the other guys. So 
I just want to say, you said the Sydney game plan is give it to Buddy. It's give it to Heaney. I'm not sure you've been watching. <laughs> I think Papley's one week away as well, so that should help them. Definitely should help them. And they've yeah. still got a pretty soft fixture as well, so West Coast this week. Although West Coast defense has been good. Um, mm, Hawks, it's just the rest, of, the rest of the team has it. And then, yeah, the Hawks the week after. So there are some uh, nice plus matchups for Heaney. But we've talked about the Dogs fixture as well, so lots of good plus matchups for English as well. Just quickly on English, I don't think he was that impressive on the weekend and he still had 20 touches, kicked a goal and scored in the 90s. So I think that's the thing. He's still got some, like, I think at worst he goes 100, like, at worst. I mean, against I think the Swans, I... he was getting beaten by Hickey as well. And, like, yeah, like, he <laughs> still went, went 150 yeah. because Hickey went down. But, yeah. I have him Heaney and English in the 110, 115 range at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so both present value at their current price then. Uh, all right. So let's go to rookies then. Um, I guess two things to consider. One, are there any options for us to be downgrading to this week and and who we should offload? We'll kind of maybe bundle these up a little bit. And then the second part of the conversation is really around, we've got to keep an eye on next week, which is traditionally when we'd start to go one up, one down. Are there any first game rookies that we should be keeping our eye on? Um, George, let's start with you. Dan, great options this week. Who's top of the list? Nathan O. Driscoll or Drizzy, like Drake. So he's uh, <laughs> no. gone up in price a bit. I love the guy in the preseason. He was he was playing so well. You can see he plays with his heart on his sleeve. He runs really hard. So he was kicking he plays goals. with tape on his sleeve. I don't know what well, you've like, been watching. <laughs> that, man, that man's taped. Saying. Yeah, the shoulder he, he and everything. Only, he um, only played the KO game, so you're the only one that watched that anyway, so... Thank God you did though, because yeah, you've been singing his well, praises ever since that game. I don't understand. I was shocked that they didn't play Erasmus in O'Driscoll round one. So, look, yeah. O'Driscoll, I feel okay fielding him. I think it's like not too sure what you're going to get. I mean, he's not going to kick two goals and play like that every game, but he's had a really big summer. He he was dogged by injuries last year. So, uh, 160k. As much as I hate paying that for downgrade i think he's going to be a good one his dpp is quite nice as well he's swinging him up and down with dacos and then you know if he's in your midfield then it just helps with upgrades you know we i'm not sure we get many defender downgrades coming up so if he's in your midfield you just swing him up get rid of mccartan that way so i think he'll be useful so i would be grabbing o'driscoll i think he can make 180k over time from here scored 100 yep. yeah i think so He's, he's good. So grab O'Driscoll. Who else we yes. got? Um, Erasmus uh, is tough because they have a few mids coming back. They have Sarong and Tucker coming back. So I'm uh, not sure Erasmus stays in the team, but I thought he was good. Uh, I think he's building. Been really good in the waffle. And then, yeah, by the way, he's like 160 average in Colts under 18s of waffle Colts. Um yeah, the NAB League equivalent in WA. The other one is interestingly Hugh Dixon's coming to calculations now. So obviously, say that. yeah, this is interesting because Nick Nat has gone down and he's down for what two months? A while, or yeah. yeah. So you would think he plays with Bailey J Williams together, and Dixon is. How much is he? He's the same. It's the same as Drizzy, pretty much. So yeah, same, same mm. break even, same price. So it's a weird one. Fortunately, I have him. Um, yes, but if which was didn't... kind of fortunate. I wasn't kind of expecting this output, but 
he was really good kicking contested marks all around the ground. He near, I think he won them the game just about against Collingwood. So you elaborate, JD. Oh, sorry. Dixon's 48.7% owned, so he is pretty heavily owned. But for those that don't own him, someone you'd get on this week, would you prioritize him over um, Noddy or Drizzy or O'Driscoll? I think his job security is slightly better now. I still think they got to play Driscoll. I think he's bought himself a few weeks. Probably not. I think just the forward line is kind of packed with good rookies and good mid-prices and good premiums, whereas defender, not so much. So I probably grabbed a Driscoll. What are you thinking, Anna? Uh, yeah, a Driscoll for me over Dixon. But if you had neither, would you consider getting both? Is the que- I think the, the harder question, like if you decide you're getting a Driscoll and Dixon, whatever, the harder question is who's going out. Like that that's the hard part, which I think we need to get into because it was an issue last week with Nick Martin. You know, I think people might have even flicked Dixon and Hayes and those sorts of sorts of guys for Martin. And <laughs> geez, you'd hate if you flicked Dixon and now he's look he's got this job security out of nowhere. That'd be really annoying. So that's more the question, boys, is who's going out? If you've got Dylan all the Stevens. rookies. Yeah. Well you've already got rid of him. <laughs> Didn't really want to either. Yeah. I, basically, with Stevens, I was reading the Big Footy VFL thread. So I had about uh, up to half time to see how he was going before being able to flick him to Bruce. And there was a bit of whinging over his performance. So I just thought, well, probably not going to come back into the team. Need to get Bruce. Uh, had Hazer R2, so it could have been sub. So just made the move. So I think probably you're okay to move on Stevens. Probably come back and make a bit more money at some point. But when, who knows? So probably not th- not this week. Um, it's tough. I think the Hawks boys were really disappointing. McDonald cut some slack because his role was far worse than Ward. But Ward has been like, we've been patient. And it's just not happening. He played one quarter. No, he played like half of a, the second quarter last week to get a good score. And this week he's had like 30-something. Even worse was his fantasy score, like 25 or something. So I've lost patience with Ward. And I'd still hold him if it wasn't for O'Driscoll, but he's gone for O'Driscoll for me this week. So I think Ward. But the annoying thing is we kind of know he's capable, but someone's got to go. And unfortunately, I think it's Ward. Water or, um, or McDonald. I, I think it's McDonald for me. Still, <laughs> I know we keep mm. trusting in Ward every week and him not repaying us, but I really can't see McDonald doing much. And maybe even McDonald's dropped and it makes it a bit easier. Just uh, quickly, you got to remember that they lost by like 80 points. Yeah, and he's a forward. Week. so And he does get the forward status, which maybe helps for, for other stuff. So, um, hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I think I'm holding yeah. Stevens for one more because he's the direct swap to Bruce for me the week after. So I'll just leave him there and then decide on one of the Hawks boys. Help us um, out, JD. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're planning on trading Stevens anyway, anyway for Bruce, then I would do it now. trade him now and hold the Hawks boys just because the Hawks boys still have like mid-20s break-evens. And so, like, they'll make a little bit more money and you can just trade out whichever one's still disappointing you more next week, which might equally be both. I guess the downside with that strategy is if Stevens comes back the week after for whatever reason, he looks the most capable of the three to make more money. 
That's um, kind of my thinking because, like, an injury or two, I'm not wishing for that stuff, but that that's all he probably needs, which obviously to the right position or the right, you know, areas mm. of the ground. But I just realised they play Friday, Easter Monday for the Hawks boys. We're probably not going to know if, like, McDonald's on the team, stuff like that. Freaking AFL, man. <laughs> Scheduling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, that won't be out till Saturday night, right? The Easter Monday teams, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, I get I get um, what you mean, though. Holding the Hawks boys, yeah, getting one more look makes sense. Yeah, and well, so I guess... Because you're not getting a look at Stevens, most uh, likely. So Wait, so when does Bruce play next week? Oh, he, he plays Friday night. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, the week after. Yeah. When he's back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, it's Friday night. Okay, that's no good. rider as well, which is kind of nice. I have to see what happens there. Yeah. And then Sydney yeah, play the Hawks think about. as well on Sunday. On Monday, sorry. Two Monday games. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Anzac Day. Oh, yeah. man. So you can make that decision. Well, you can't make that decision late because you're going to have to trade blindly into Bruce. I'd get rid of Stevens. I think McDonald and Ward will play. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they can yeah. still make Their break-evens are still pretty low. Like in the 20s, it just, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have I have the nightmare in my mind of trading Stevens and then, for whatever reason, a Cunningham or it's one of those guys you know, either Campbell doesn't perform or, or gets injured. Oh, Campbell looked really good, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, did. Which is like, good. yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of a lot of swans, a uh, lot of the swans underperformed. So I was thinking like, there's maybe a chance Stevens comes back in this week, but, but then it wasn't the up. right guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the problem. And McInerney was really good as well. Oh, he was insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it is Stevens the one to go for Driz. Oh, this is hard because I'm in the same boat. Like currently, I've got Ward out just because. Yeah, I'm glad I looked at that because I remembered Stuart was playing Easter Monday, and it just hit me that the Hawks boys do as well. So, yeah, yeah, because I the same boat as well. Like I've got to trade someone to Proust next week. I guess the the only thing is if some if one of your rookies goes down with an injury or gets omitted or whatever it That's is for I mean. reason. Then I'd, like, I'd, prob- <laughs> I'd probably still rather hold Stevens long term than Ward, which is why I'm leaning more towards trading Ward out this week. Yep. Um, because there's a chance that I'd have to hold one of them next week anyway, in which case I'd rather hold Stevens. If, yeah, if but- Jack Hayes, sorry, cut you off. If Jack Hayes isn't named with Ryder out and they use Campbell, who's on their list, would you yeah. get rid of Hayes then? Yeah, probably. That would be pretty there's no way they that. there's no way they do that. But I don't not. think that happens, surely. Yeah. Okay, surely yeah. Tommy Campbell. <laughs> Forgot even. Just floating it, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, if that definitely draws, then I think I would, yeah, because that's not a good sign at all. Um yeah, hurts right. JD. I'd love to know if McDonald was dropped, because then I'd he'd be the one to go, but we may not know. All right. So final verdict on who to offload. It sounds like Georgia have Stevens one. Was it Ward two and then McDonald three? Yeah, I think uh, Ward is like 30k more than 40k more than McDonald. Yeah, and then Hinge you'd keep. Yeah, for sure, hinge. keep Hinge. Yep. And then No. I get your points, boys, because you get more money from those two boys. But I still think they have, albeit a long shot, they still have more scope than McDonald to make more cash. I know McDonald doesn't have to do as much, but look, I'm going. I didn't see the game, so I don't know too much and yes they got spanked so it makes a bit of sense why he did poorly but 
I'd be I'd be okay. I just have a nightmare of those two others who are, are very capable of scoring well. So I'd say McDonald first for me. I honestly feel like Ward. So gone. Oh, so it's the other thing with McDonald, which I don't know if you mentioned already because I was like zoned out looking at different things. But um, McDonald gets forward status right with the DPPs. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit handier to keep of them just because it, for you for free get to open that that swing up from next week. Yeah. You swing with Martin. Could get a Martin, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, oh, um, it's actually not easy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like I don't know. I'm still going back and forth, but I currently like I guess I'd have it um Ward over Stevens over McDonald and no trade on hinge. Yeah. Um uh and then actually there's one other option that we haven't listed at all because it's someone that we didn't recommend a lot and haven't talked about much, but it's um Bowie. Yeah. So uh, someone that people are struggling with this week. So uh, I guess like you've got two options here quickly and I'm just forcing this in. I'm sure it should have been part of another segment. Either to upgrade him to a defender, which, you know, the conversation we went over who to upgrade to, I think that that's her you well. Otherwise, if you didn't have anything else to do this week, would you look just to trade him down to like an O'Driscoll and then that be your only trade this week? So he obviously scored pretty poorly last week and there's still these cash generation. He's got an 82 break even now. Is it someone that you have to trade? And if so, would you be comfortable just doing a downgrade to an O'Driscoll and that be your only trade for the week? Well, yeah, help me out, George, because I've obviously got the other three we just spoke about, but I've also got Bowie. So would you just do Bowie oh. down and then keep the others? Have you been sitting on him Eno, this whole time and haven't mentioned him? <laughs> I completely forgot about him. <laughs> just like he forgot about playing on the weekend. Um, Nah, yeah, to help me out, like uh, I'm okay with well, holding him one more week in my mind because look, 80 break even is not great, but what I think what worst case he scores another 50 or whatever and he drops 20k, yeah, it hurts, but maybe he gets back to what he was doing the last the weeks before that. It's his break even's 80. I think he was probably more likely a victim of Port's game style where it's kind of the tolls grabbing the ball when they were kicking it long. Whereas, like, yeah, they probably just hogged the ball down back too long. Like, I think they had way more points than Melbourne somehow. So, I think you can hold if you want. I just think he's probably not going to make too much more money. Um, if he's your gateway to, I know, you go down on Drew School, that's what, 200K? Yeah, I have 200 in the bank. You put that then. on, what do you even put that on? If you I can hold get it. Like a, the thing is, so I follow. Murrow's magics work a lot. Like the greatest fantasy player ever, easily. He doesn't, I think he's more fantasy than super coach, but uh, he always says um, he doesn't like to, well, from memory, he doesn't like to hold money in the bank. He likes to, you know, the game is about points, put it, invest that money and get points somewhere. So if you can find somewhere to use it, I probably would. But if you're not going to a premium, then I guess what's the point? So it's a bit of a tough one. Could you even One go thing, Cherry to English? Uh, I, 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 I feel like Cherry's got more money because here's the thing: That's... English is English has gone and go up more money too. So I think mm. Cherry's really worth holding, though. So I would try and invest that now somewhere. Uh, would you look at trading Rao? Oh, if that gets you still, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would. Rao's only, well, I think the gap between Rao and Steele 
in price can still be mitigated a bit. But you get points this week, right? Because you would expect Steel to outscore Rao. So, interesting discussion. I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is an interesting thing. This is what I was thinking before. So, obviously, we're going to hold butters, but everyone basically has butters. Most people, I don't know, 90% of the top 5,000, which I'm not in or any of us at the moment, but hopefully we get there. (laughs) Um, Like, it could be a pod move to move him on. And then everyone... Suffers yeah, a couple of still, I still think the play with butters is hold, but it's like Rao. Everyone still has Rao. I think that he, makes he more goes, sense with Rao in my. He in goes my bad. Eyes. Look, this yeah. is just like you. You can't predict this stuff, but you know he continues to get sub twenty disposals. Still has a big game. Bang, you get points on the competition. God Almighty, it looks so good. I still, I still <laughs> would like to hold Rao for a few more weeks. So would I. Because we know he's got the ceiling. It's just he's been every week getting worse and worse and worse. It's also a little bit of a Rob Peter to pay Paul situation in the sense that he could be a lot of people's first upgrades next week or the week after if he doesn't do well. So if you move ahead of the competition, he performs poorly, then like fair play might give you an advantage. But um, it could also mean like you just don't have someone to upgrade with next week and then it kind of doesn't work out that well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd just do an I'd invest it somewhere. Find a way. Yeah. I'd say like the one big difference to fantasy as well is that it's because you've got the use it or lose it trades, um, always investing the money back in makes sense makes because sense. it's yeah. opportunity cost. But for Supercoach, you have to use a trade maybe suboptimally and that does have a bigger cost than you get in fantasy, which is like the only only risk with that. Yeah. All right. I think a good good conversation. I'm not sure we've actually solved um, or like nice. answered that question for many people, but at least <laughs> given them a few ideas to think about with some of the pros and cons of each. Um, I've, I see here on the run sheet, Sam Hayes to debut. Uh, George, I think this is one you've been excited about. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about Sam Hayes and why we should have him on the watch list this weekend? I'm not excited. I don't care about that club, but <laughs> I, I, I got too many recommend at the moment. So yeah. Um, I think uh, Lysak dislocated his shoulder. He's listed as a test, but you would think dislocated shoulder probably misses a few weeks. So I guess wait for the injury report. Um, Maybe he plays. I feel like he's been overdue for debut. I know he lost in the SNFL to the Crows backup Ruckman, who's actually pretty good. Um, That's Strawn. Strawn. I actually think he's off chance to take Rob's spot in the next few weeks, but that's another story. Um, I'm not sure Hayes has been super impressive, but uh, I think he deserves a chance at effort level. So just one to monitor. I think wouldn't go early on him. Just if life sets up for a while, I think there's a chance for him to debut and we'll see how that goes. So just thought I'd mention that maybe life sets out for a bit and just monitor. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen anything official, but the, the one report I've looked at said that he's a test, but I don't know whether the source for that has come from. So yeah. Keep an eye and monitor. All right. So to wrap it out, uh, wrap it up this week, we've got two last things to discuss. I think Eno firstly going to take us through the potential DPP moves we should be looking at this week. And this has come courtesy of BJ, who is at BJT underscore SC98 on Twitter. So give him a follow. Got the inside word on um, some of the time on or like the position on ground. I don't yeah. know what, what the 
what the name for it is, but effectively who who's in line to get DPP and who isn't. So, Eno, why don't you give us a, a preview on what we can look forward to over the, the next week? So, look, obviously we've been trying to learn what the hell the rules are with fantasy. Is it the same? Is it different? How many games you got to play? I still don't think I know the answer to that, but I think it's four out of five. <laughs> yeah. But regardless of that, we know at least it's 35% in the, the another position. Um, you have to only have one position as well. If you already got two, you've got two and that's it. You can't lose it. You can't gain. So guys that are, he's got a whole list here and guys that are sort of over the 35% uh, after four rounds, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, he's going to get defender status. Not really relevant for Supercoach. Might be, Angus, sorry. Yeah, Angus, Angus. Angus. Yeah. Might be for fantasy, but um, you probably have to bring him in a couple weeks ago. Anyway, Hoff is a decent one. If you've got him in his mid on your mid-bench, that's pretty handy. He's going to get defender status. So that's good to open up some swings. We spoke about McDonald. He's going to get forward. Um, Luke McDonald's going to get defender. I don't think many people got him in. Um, then Cherry's going to get ruck, as we know, which people are holding out for to swing him there. Um, Butters is pretty – oh, yeah, he's absolutely certain to get mid, midfield status, which, again, doesn't really matter because he's a forward, but that could be handy at some stage. Alice, not really relevant. Nick Dacos, that's the big one. So it looks like he's pretty much guaranteed to get defender status. You'd have to – <laughs> I think you have to play 100% midfield to even lose that. But I, I think even with 100% midfield, just can't possibly given, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think, like you'd take 20% off his defender, and he'd still be 38.9%. So I think yeah, he's beautiful. locked in for defender status. Thank God for that. Um, Pendles is another one which uh, you know some people are interested in. Uh, I'm not myself, but he has looked good um, to start the season. Just age and injuries um, put me off that pick. Lib is a big one. He's like he has been playing pretty much, you know, mostly forward. Um, bit of stints in the midfield, but I think only what had one full, one or two full games in the midfield. The rest have been mostly forward, and he's averaging quite well. So he's one to look at. Um, it's just another mm. dog's mid nah. that you don't know what the hell is going on. Oh, I think I think he's the week. type type of one where if dogs had midfield injuries and then moved Liber back onto the ball more, he could be an option at the back end of the year, but not not a yeah. real option in the short term. No, yeah. not at all. No, George is completely against no. it. Um, James Harms, that's a no from me. Toddy Goldstein, he's going to get the forward status, but um, that is irrelevant as well. Nick Martin, that's handy. He should get um, mid-status. He's close, but he's playing, hopefully, some <laughs> mostly wing this week, not all half forward, so he keeps that. Darcy Fort's going to get um, ruck status, uh, or forward, sorry, so that's not really relevant anyway. Luke Park is a weird one. He's going to get forward status, it looks like, but he's really putting in some stinkers lately. He had the massive round one, but dropped to 40 last week, so that's a no for now, but I don't really know what's going on there. You boys watched the Swans game much. Did he just parked himself forward. in the square the whole game? So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I was looking at the CBAs the other day, and they've had games where they put, I think last week was one where they had him um, at CBAs a ton, so 82% last week. And then the other weeks, it's been 50, 45, and 38%. So, yeah, they've, yeah. they've moved him around a bit. Same with Kennedy trying to figure out how they get the youth into the midfield but also continue to get or find spots for, for some of the old heads. So, yeah, more forward time for him this year, and he's been pretty dangerous around goals. Yeah, so that's too scary to bring in yet. Maybe something changes. He, he goes to full-time mid later in the year. Newcomb's going to get it. Um, that doesn't really um, do anything for us either. Heaney's just on the brink of getting mid-status, which again, like Butters, doesn't do too much. But 
might just help to cover someone some week for you. I, I think there's a pretty big risk that he doesn't get it this week just with the buddy yes. injury and still yeah, recovery right. back. There's a chance yep. that he does play more forward. So Yeah, sitting at 36%, so he probably does lose it. You're right. Just can't then put there's him the guys... in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what is he if he was a mid? He'd be like... Nah, he's like 530k at the moment. No, like rank. Oh, he'd probably be top he's five top... He's Three, at 8th in SC. 7th or 8th at the moment. <laughs> anyway... Um, then there's the guys. So they're the guys that are in the, the bracket at the moment. Then there's the guys that are just out. So Jackson Mead, that's one that probably most of us have missed, but he could turn into a good rookie. He's going to get um, mid status. Oh, no. Yeah, he is already mid. So, no, nah, he's just outside forward. So, yeah, I don't think many people own him, but he could turn out to be a good rookie. Baz is just close. Baz Lanky, 32%. So I think he's going to keep dropping because he's playing in a lot of mid. So something would have to change there this week to get him across the line. Um, Rowan, he was close, but Ryder suspended and Jack Hayes coming in. I mean, they still split. What was the split when they played that other game? It was like 50-50. Yeah, they got to like 50-51 week for CBA. So maybe, maybe he gets across the line there. That would be interesting, but he hasn't set the world on fire too much and then Ryder will come back at some stage. So it would be a bit sketchy. There's not too many other guys I can see here. Mitch Inge has lost it or lost his chance at it playing a lot more defense. So he was initially a shot, but that's gone. Gorn's interestingly at the 28% forward. So if he has a forward week this week, that would be that would be quite funny. Um, if, you know, Luke Jackson got a big stint in the ruck this week and, and he got it. And then another big one down here is, uh, well, other than Lipinski, who George was really hoping for, but with Dugowie and Adams out, that, that was killed, unfortunately. But Horn Francis, he won't be getting forward status, it seems. Too many mid injuries um, or outs in the mids, and, and he's looked really impressive in there. So he doesn't look to be getting forward status, which which is um, a little bit disappointing because that would have been handy. Although we're we're pretty good for forwards down 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 there with mid prizes and stuff. So any other on the list, boys, or ones we've missed, or ones uh, we're interested in? Yeah, I mean, people talk about Bont getting DPP, which is ridiculous. He's ten percent off. Uh, Caldwell. Um, was mid-priced. It looked like he could have got some more time, especially, yeah, with Essence midfield being back, but he's going to miss as well. But, yeah, I think, like, the most interesting ones, um, well, there's not there's not really too many interesting ones to talk about. So a lot of the rookies that are getting it is great. It's going to be handy. Like, Cherry getting it's going to be handy. I think the only player that potentially comes relevant that, that doesn't currently have it is Pendlebury. But we've already talked about a bunch of, other options that are more interesting, like Doherty, Sinclair, Hall, whatever it may be. So hard to see him being relevant, especially given his age. Yep, fair enough. I don't think George was really interested in any of them other than the... Maybe Bez anyway. gets it. Bez is like 32, oh. was it? That'd oh, I think he's a lock. 32.8%. Yeah, he becomes like, uh, what, F1? Oh, move aside Heaney. Must have. There's a new man in town. Must have. Must have, Must have a look. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit more interested in Libby than you got than George, maybe, but yeah. I like JD said something would maybe have to go right. Either a mid injury or it's clear that he's in the mids again, like he was last year. Because he was he was first picked in the midfield last year for them. He was awesome. So yeah, that so seems the rumor, to have changed. The rumor was that he, did he had last COVID year. or something, which is why he started out slowly. So he just had just the four percent CBAs round one, and then he's kind of gone around thirty percent the last three. But it looks yeah. like he's the clear fourth preference behind McRae, Bont, Baz, and Dunkley. So yeah, I think one of those would have to get injured ahead, and him to be the one that gets moved up for for him to be someone that we get excited about. Yeah, 
and another thing, though, there was guys injured last year, wasn't there? That's probably why he was in there too as well. Dunks mm. was out for a long time. Um, was Trelaw out for a bit? Can't remember. Um, yeah. But he did average 104 last year, George. So it was. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like, the forward line is so strong this year. I think if we got Libba last year, we'd be all over it. That's another good point. Yeah. It looks a lot better this year. All right. And then to close us out this week, the world's easiest vice-captain captain decision. <laughs> Uh, George, would you like to run us through that? Should just sign off, boys. You're going to make me mention Isaac again against West Coast. Oh, no, please. <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay. Uh, VC, Neil, C, McRae, agree? Agree. Agree. Yep. Very uh, easy. So, yeah, like I guess, so for us, we don't have Steel. He's somewhat interesting against Gold Coast, although Gold Coast seemed to have been holding up okay against mids. Uh, and really, there's nothing else that looks interesting. Um, the Melbourne boys, you kind of can't go because they're up against GWS. Gorn is a somewhat interesting captain option if for whatever reason you don't have McRae. I don't know who would do such a ridiculous thing as to not start McRae, but if you're in that <laughs> camp, then maybe that's something you could look at. Um, otherwise, maybe Brayshaw against Essendon if for whatever reason you had Brayshaw. Yeah, um, I like that one. McGrath maybe point. tags though. Like, yeah, potentially because McGrath's been doing more run with and it seems like Brayshaw is like similar body type. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I still think Neil into McRae is probably the safest. But if we're going to draw out this segment any longer than maybe those are some of the others <laughs> you could consider. Yeah. I like to be really safe with the Cs just for what it's worth. Like, uh, it might sound... Uh, you know, like a prick coming from a non-Crips owner, but Crips, like last week, it's just a guy I just don't have enough trust in captaining, and yeah. I think Brayshaw's one of them. He's got, could, you know, Tag could come out of nowhere and really just piss you off. So yeah. He's yeah, a perfect uh, vice-captain candidate just correct. because of the variance. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. get a 190 and you take it, or you get a 90 and you pass on it, and it's really easy yeah. decisions like that. Just like Gorn. I think Gorn's that too this year. You know, he's going to have his big ones, going to have his small ones. He's good for VC, but... McRae and all those types, they're your captains. Uh, and then, oh, actually, there is one final thing. Um, so, got to keep myself honest on the Raul versus Lipinski versus Shield. Um, oh, yeah. So, I, I, like, I could have let that go, but, um, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> Lipinski took the win this week in a very disappointing round. So, it's funny. They've all they're in of, sync. Like, <laughs> they've, yeah. So, like, Shield was 68, <laughs> Raul was 65, and what was Lip? 76. Scaled down again, ten, uh, <laughs> seven points. It's 79. It was on 86, but gave away a free at the death. It's like, ah, uh, not again. Yeah, so Lyft's averaging like 100, counting, 100 and a half and Raul's averaging 99 point something. I think it might be 99 even. So still very close on that one. But yes, for, for the loyalists <laughs> on the Raul versus Lyft update. And then Shield's <laughs> lagging about 10 points behind them, which is what the original bet was, just yeah, quietly. Um, but, <laughs> but, that, but that'll be all from us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you don't follow us on uh, already, uh, you can find us on YouTube uh, and on Twitter. So on Twitter, it's what at Fantasy Take TV. Yep. Uh, on YouTube, um, well, you're probably already watching this there, but yeah, through George's channel on, uh, on, on YouTube. Is it still called George Supercoach? Or have you rebranded? No. This I is, no, he's, start, he's starting to mention it in the intro now. Yeah, Can the intro. Yeah. George, George from Fantasy Take TV this week. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, yeah. Spotify as well. And George did manage to figure out Apple this week, which was Come uh, on. a round of applause, George. Yeah. Well done. So Fantasy, Fantasy, Fantasy Take <laughs> Two TV. Two years. <laughs>
What was yeah. that? Is it just Fantasy Take TV on all formats? I should know this, shouldn't yeah. I? I yeah. mean, it should be, unless Facebook done something. No, no Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and then uh, Jay, Jackson Davey and, and George on YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, thank you all Beautiful. for listening and we'll catch you next week.